Hey, it's Lori, your host of Hike. Today, I am taking you back to my home state of Michigan. I am bringing you Misty. Misty is an AT through hiker. She's a backpacker and truly enjoys the trail. And she wanted to show off her home state and wanted to give you and me an idea of some beautiful scenic hiking that we have here. And what I love about these hikes is we go from, you can do it in a day or overnight, to places on the North Country Trail where you're spending weeks at a time if you really want to get that experience. So I think in this episode, there is a hike for everyone. And while I must say that some of these hikes do involve some upfront planning, think Porcupine Mountains and Isle Royale, there are some that you can just get away for a weekend adventure if that's what you would like to do, or better yet, midweek if you can swing it. In this episode, Misty takes us to the Manistee River and North Country Trail Loop. We visit the Jordan River Pathway, Porcupine Mountains Escarpment Trail. We touch on Isle Royale hiking and then close it out with a lot of discussion on the North Country Trail and some great spots to go to in Nuego County and also near Petoskey, including a wonderful cabin and some trail magic. And if you're going to be hiking near White Cloud, Michigan on the North Country Trail, give Misty a shout. She's got some trail magic for you. Now let's get to my conversation with Misty and talk about this beautiful Great Lakes state that we live in. So I'm here with Misty. Hey, how you doing? Good. How are you? Good. Good. So you're a fellow Michigander, but are you born and raised in Michigan or did you move here? Nope. I've been, I was born and raised in Michigan. My husband and I both grew up in Fremont area. And then we decided to buy a house in White Cloud and we've been in White Cloud for 16 years now. Okay. So Fremont, where is that uh, located at? It sounds familiar. It's about 20 minutes southwest of where I live here in White Cloud. So it's okay. still located in Nuevo County. Okay. And so for those who are, um, you know, don't know Michigan, it's kind of the west, you call it the west side of the state. Yep. Yeah. Yep. We had, a, it's not up anymore, but we had this really neat sign when you would come into White Cloud that said, where the pure waters flow and the true north begins. Ah, yes. There's there's probably some, uh, what do you call it? There's there's some debate over where does up north start, right? I mean, you've seen yeah. those where it's like, okay, for anyone in Detroit, it's like anywhere north of Detroit. <laughs> but, right. but I always grew up kind of thinking like maybe towards West Branch area as someone from mid-Michigan. Um, yeah. Seems like it was more up north, but um but yeah, so so you have, it's a beautiful area. You're by the North Country Trail then. Yes, very lucky where you live within two miles of several different trailheads. Nice. So we're fortunate that we can hop on it pretty much any time that we want. So tell me a little bit about your hiking background. Um, sounds like you're a hiking family too, so. Yeah, it's myself, my husband, and then we have a dog who hikes with us. And we started, we've always loved hiking. 
like our whole, my whole life. And then that's what we've done as recreation as adults, but backpacking, we got serious into about eight years ago and we've had the dog for seven years. So he's been on most of our trips with us. All right. So tell me, um, some of the, I guess, backpacking you've done, have you like tried to go outside Michigan or where are some of the places we did? Most of our hiking was in Michigan and it all started in Michigan, but in 2017, we did a through hike of a trail in Arkansas called the Washita trail. Oh, I've never it, heard of that. It's so beautiful and remote. It is 222 miles and it starts actually in Oklahoma at Tallamina state park. And then it goes all the way. We went, we started in Oklahoma and then hiked East to little rock is where it stops at Pinnacle State Park. So if it goes to Little Rock, does it like hit up or meet up with like the Ozark Trail over there? Is there a- it's south of the Ozarks. So the Washita mountain range is a mountain range that's just south of the Ozarks. And it is a little bit more mountainous opposed to how the Ozarks are kind of rolling hills. These, it was a little bit more mountainous, but the trail didn't go up to the peak very often. It'd be like, 40 feet probably from the top of the mountain most often. And then 2018, we also did a through hike of the Appalachian Trail, but we did have to cut out New Hampshire. We ended up making it to the Vermont, New Hampshire border, met a really nice couple who was going up to Baxter State Park and it was getting late in the season. So they dropped, drove us up to Baxter State Park where we could summit Katahdin and we started hiking south. And we made it about to the New Hampshire main border. And so we had to cut out New Hampshire because of weather. Ah, so, so close. Yeah, very close. And the dog did all the miles with us besides no dogs are allowed in the backcountry in the Smokies. And then in Baxter State Park, dogs aren't allowed anywhere. Not even in your cars. So... So yeah, so doing that, like what time of year did you start? Did you start like in March or what What was the we time of- We started April. Okay, so in that's April, a little later. Yep. So that's why you kind of ran up into, you know, potential weather because it was later in the season? That was part of it. And then we can't do as high of mileage with the dog. He, he could do 20 miles, but it's rough. So we weren't getting quite as high of mileage as some of the other people on trail. And that was also kind of part of it too. Okay. So have you, have you made a decision of going back to do uh, New Hampshire? We are going to go back actually this fall, hopefully in like three weeks, we're going to go and start, we're going to go up to Maine and try to hike some, but our main focus is trail magic. We want to do trail um, magic for other hikers nice. and we'll probably do some of the things in New Hampshire, but I don't think we'll be able to get the whole state done. But one thing that my husband and I kind of just, we say we did a through hike because we did 2000 miles. Yeah. Yeah. We're like just because we missed a little bit, it's okay. And everyone's hike is different. Yeah. And do you, I mean, honestly, you know, you did it like you guys. Yeah. yeah you know what yeah. you hiked. You don't necessarily need that patch or piece of paper to tell you. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. No, that's cool. Well, I mean, we could spend the whole hour talking about the AT, I'm sure, and, you know, yeah. hiking with your dog. But I know I brought you on to talk about Michigan. And just, uh, it's 
you know, for me, you know, I've lived here all my life too. And, you know, last season when I was doing uh, my Michigan based uh, episodes, it was like the first time that I really focused on, you know, let me share more about this state. And, and I was thinking like, even though I've lived here all my life, like I, there's so much that I have not done. And because it's so much easier, I guess, because it's in our backyard to say, oh, well, I want to go to the mountains or, you know, this or that. And, and you kind of say, I can get to this later, you know, so I'm excited to hear about your favorite, favorite trails in Michigan. And you said you kind of got into this in the last uh, eight years, like really seriously. Yep. Doing the backpacking part of it overnights and stuff. And we've always loved camping. So, and hiking. So putting them together was just perfect. Tell me in the listeners a little bit of like, how did you start? What was that transition point to kind of say, oh, I want to now, you know, I've done some maybe day hikes or this and that. Now I want to go into backpacking. I think it was mostly my husband wanted to do it. So my birthday one year, he bought me a backpack. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, really, this is my gift for me. Yeah. (laughs) You'll enjoy it too. Yep. (laughs) Now, I, I think that's cool because, you know, there are a lot of people out there that their partner is not interested and yes. And yes, you can go on your own or you can go with, you know, other, you know, a group or other friends uh, that you meet who like to backpack. But to experience that together, I think, you know, it's pretty meaningful. Yeah, especially when the two with both of us enjoying it so much, we've been able to kind of turn it into a lifestyle even. So you sent me a list of what you you would say were like your favorite, like your top five. I don't know if you necessarily meant they were in order or you said yeah not necessarily in that order so you know which is hard I think it is hard to when I ask people like what's your favorite I think it it is challenging to say oh this is my absolute favorite but these are some of the the best that I think Michigan has to offer um so let's uh let's dig into these and uh I'm gonna have you start with the Manistee River loop okay because that's over you know North Country Trail Yep. It's part of that. And it's very, it's become quite popular of a loop that people really like to do. We've met people from Chicago, Detroit, all like that come pretty far to hike it. So that's pretty nice. But also because it's so popular, my husband and I two years ago decided we'll do it one time a year so that we're not, we're helping with less impact that way. So we typically go out and do it one time each year and I've done it more than one time in previous years but I think that that was a good decision for us to do that and we kind of I always end up hitting it up in the spring the last two years because we're ready to get out and go do it this year we kind of it was pouring rain so we cut off the north country trail side and walked upper river road back to the car thinking it might cut some miles off it didn't cut very many miles off (laughs) Probably some elevation though. So for, for people who uh, aren't familiar with the Manistee River Trail, um, give some location, logistics, um, how long it is, and, and some of those kind of basics. If you are familiar with where Mesick is in Michigan, it's kind of, I would say, about Mesick area. I think the actual name is like Brethen, Brethen or something like that. If you like had to look up the address of where you're going, 
but it is from my house in White Cloud, about a 45 to 50 minute drive. So if you're traveling M37 North, once you cross 55, it's about 20 to 30 minutes past 55. And there's a few different places where you could park. Some people like the security of parking where there's other people. So the Seaton Creek Campground is a good spot for that. You do have to pay to park there. I think it's only $5, but typically, and I have parked there before and it's, I think a mile connector trail to the trail. So that would make, cause the loop is, I always can't remember if it's 19 or 20, but I think it's roughly 20 miles. So then that extra mile would put it up to 21, 22 to get back to your car. But you can also park at Red Bridge, which is a very popular spot. So that there's usually a spot to park and there's overflow parking there. But my husband and I always park in the Upper River Road Trailhead parking lot. And that does also have a small connector trail. It's not very, not very long at all for that connector trail to get to the trail. I think I may have uh, that Upper River Road. Is it on the NCT side? Yes. Okay. And so when you come out, you're actually going like towards the, the suspension bridge. Um, you're not that, that way. No, uh, that would be, um, like Holden pile dam parking. Okay. And that is also another option, but it's not overnight. You can't park overnight on uh, that side. Okay. So the upper river road trail head is, do you know where red bridge is on the trail? Yeah, I think that's the one I parked at when I did an overnight. Um, yeah, it's just right close to there. Oh, okay. Just past it to the west. Okay. Like if you kept taking the road to the west and you can't miss the sign. All right. And that, that has a decent amount of parking spots. I've never seen it full. So that's a good spot to park. And it every, I don't know about Red Bridge. I'm sure it's secure. But Upper River Road Trailhead is a very secure, safe parking lot. Some people worry about parking in spots that they don't really know, but there's no, I've never had a problem. And I've done, I've hiked this trail probably over a dozen times. So probably one thing to point out about, um, cause you mentioned Seton, uh, the Seton campground, what is it? Seton, yeah. Seton River, Seton, what is the? Seton Creek, I think. Creek, Seton Creek. Creek campground. Okay. So when I went, it was May of... It was last, wait, was it last year? I think you see all the years are starting to blend together, especially with all the lockdown and stuff, but it was, um, yeah. it, was it was early May and I think it was early May of, yeah, of 2020. And the, uh, the campground was not open yet. So oh, okay. some of the things to maybe consider when you do go is, uh, is the time of year and knowing if, if the campground's open, not open, because some of that is, is kind of seasonal, right? Yeah, it would be, which not all of our national parks, but a lot of our national, I'm pretty sure it's a national forest campground. And a lot of those do close for a certain time of the year. So that is definitely something to think about. And yeah, I think it was like mid-May, it was going to open like next week or something. Um, you weren't able to park there then? Did you have to park someplace else? It was closed. Like you could get in part of the way and then, I, I mean, you could park before the, it was, there was a gate. Basically I'd have to maybe park in the, the lot, uh, not like the lot of the campground, but like at the very beginning and walk 
So, yeah. you know, so, so even it, more than the mile extra. Yeah. And I was by myself. So it was, you know, and it was my first time. And so I was just like, oh, I don't know. What am I going to do? Okay. I'm going to go try, try the other, you know, turn around and go to, uh, to more of the, you know, the boat launch area parking where, yep. yeah, where it seemed, even though like all the facilities were locked down, you know, there was even the bathrooms weren't open at that point, but, but yeah, but there is definitely different places to park and depending, you know, like you said, on you, where you want to start and how you yep. want to make that, that go. Tell me about the Manistee Riverside versus the North Country side of the trail. The Manistee Riverside to me seems just a tiny bit easier. I don't think it is. I think both sides are equally challenging, but there's smaller ups and downs. There is a lot more ups and downs. You're climbing and going down a lot more. And then the North Country Trail side also has a lot of the ups and downs, but they're longer and seem a little steeper to me. So it seems just a tiny bit harder, but they're both beautiful. On the Manistee River Trail side, you are up on the bluff a lot. You can see the river so almost the whole time, not the whole time, but a lot of it. And then on the North Country Trail side, you don't get too many glimpses of the river unless it's early in the season or late in the fall season. And I've never hiked it in the winter. I've hiked it every other season, but not winter. So have, have you considered it like snowshoeing it or, or something? I in have winter? considered it. Yeah. And I enjoy winter camping, but sometimes when I do the winter camping, I don't like the exertion that I think it would be pretty difficult. So it might be more of an option to go with somebody else and have one car and then another car at another end. Yeah. Stage it and just do the one. And when I went, I was saying it was May, but it got down to 28 degrees at night. So I think people need to realize that uh, where it's at in Michigan, you are not guaranteed even in that, you know, later spring that you will have a warm evening. So you've got to prepare. That's very true. And we, my husband and I both have noticed that I don't know if it's because it's in kind of some valleys or what, just where it's at. It tends to rain a lot up there. So definitely if you like your rain gear, have rain gear. I think it's rained probably almost every time I've hiked it. So you're talking about how it's really popular and you're trying to lessen the impact by going um, maybe once a year now. What is then camping like for those who've not been there so they understand the camping situation? The Manistee River Trail side has, I believe, on the trail, maybe 12, and it's even more than 12 because some of them are A, B, and C. So there's like probably 15 to 16 camp spots. And on the Manistee River Trail side, you are encouraged to camp in one of the camp spots. And that's also for an impact reason. And then on the North Country Trail side, you can disperse camp 200 feet away from water or 200 feet away from trail. And there is a lot, some people don't like that as much. They prefer just the spot already there where other people have been, but I kind of like going off trail and finding my own spot. And I can see the value in the ladder and going off trail and finding it because, I mean, like we were saying, if it's very popular, what I have noticed is when I went just still a lot of like trash, people not packing yeah. things out especially when it comes to like you know there's no 
there's no uh porta potty slash vault toilets pit toilets out there yeah. so i've noticed you know people leaving their tp and stuff like yeah yeah, yeah i've noticed that as nasty. well yep mm -hmm. Yeah, you see less of that on the North Country Trail side. Yes, yes. Um, and then another way probably to to hit it up would be in the weekday. That's something that I do also, yeah. I have the luxury of um, being able to hike during the week. And so I we usually choose to do our recreation outdoors during the week and then typically stay home on the weekends. Mm -hmm. But not everyone has that luxury. Yes, yes, that's true. That is true. So anything else about the Manistee River Loop that you think people should know about? The water on the North Country Trail side is a lot less. On the Manistee River Trail side, if you're filtering your water, you don't have to worry. There's plenty of creeks in the river. But then on the North Country Trail side, from Red Bridge to Eddington Creek, which is almost to where you would go to the suspension bridge, there's no water. So that's something to keep in mind. Okay. And yeah, depending on the time of year you're going may also differ in how much uh, water you want to bring or that you yeah. want to consume. I mean, we were just talking about, it gets pretty humid uh, here in Michigan. Yes, it does. <laughs> what about, um, have you figured out a time where it doesn't seem, I mean, when I went in May, it was like I said, still cool. So no bugs not buggy um any any thoughts on like the mosquitoes stuff like that critters i haven't had as much problem with bugs on the manistee river trail or loop as i have on other trails now that i think about it but i always usually have my bug spray in case i need it if it's warm out if it's under 50 degrees you typically don't have to worry about it can you bring your dog onto this one Okay. Yep. The dog is allowed all the way around. So that's really nice. The water at Eddington Creek on the North Country Trail side is probably the best water I've ever filtered from anywhere ever. It's so good. Really? Yeah. So if you do our filtering water, even if you don't need it, it's worth just stopping and getting some to drink because it I've never, it's so good. And I've filtered out of a lot of places. <laughs> that is my I filtered kind of close. Uh, there was like a creek on the Manistee River side, and it was so cold and rushing, and it was really good too. I mean, yeah, I was I was surprised. That's the beauty of the Eddington Creek water, it doesn't rush real fast, but it's always just so cold. I think that's part of what helps it taste so good. So, what about um, another one that I hear all? All the time I always hear when it comes to Michigan trails, but I have not been to, gosh, I know I feel like, oh, haven't I been to this one? The Jordan River Pathway. Oh, that's so beautiful. And as much as I like the Manistee River Loop, because I love it, I, the Jordan River Pathway is so much more gorgeous. It's just beautiful. And it's a really good workout because there's a lot of ups and downs on that one too. I think that one's like, two, maybe three miles less than the Manistee River Loop. But the one thing about the Jordan River Pathway is there's only one spot where you're allowed to camp. So that makes it a little bit trickier. And I think what's the name? The campground is 
Pinning or Pining Bridge campground. I don't know which way you'd pronounce it. It's so gorgeous. I definitely recommend it. And what we have done, we've went both ways, but if you park at Dead Man's Hill and then you can take whichever way you want and then you'll get to the bridge campground and there's a pitch pump there. I think eight sites, maybe even more, a pit toilet, fire rings at the campsites. And it's really nice. There's usually other people there camping too. Sometimes hikers, sometimes people drive there, but you can't drive right to it. You have to walk like over a bridge. It's not far though, if you're parked there. So where at um, in Michigan is it located? North of Kalkaska, Mancelona. So if you're taking 131 up, you'll drive through Kalkaska. Kalkaska is the town with the airport, I believe. And then the next little town is Mancelona. And the after where you get, I think you go probably 15, 20 minutes past Mancelona and you'll see a sign for Dead Man's Hill and you take a left and it goes right to it. It's free parking. There's also pit toilet there. And Dead Man's Hill is pretty popular for people that just hike to the hill and then back. So it can be a little bit crowded there. But once you get past the crowded area of Dead Man's Hill, you'll run into a few people, but not really like it's never congested by any means. But bugs are a problem up there. You definitely want bug spray. So I'm, I'm just taking a look on the, the map and it looks like it is west of Gaylord. So yeah, that would, you, could, yep. you could go that way too. And, and could. that's for a lot of people who are maybe, you know, visit Michigan or they kind of know like, oh, 75 North because it goes to Mackinac and the UP. Yep. So yeah, so just to kind of give an idea. Well, cool. So so you said it has the the group camping or, you know, at a site where it has more than, you know, multiple, multiple areas to set up. Like, do you have to, um, so we didn't talk about this with Manistee River. So um, let's, let's maybe go back to that too. What about, do you need a permit or does it cost to camp at Manistee River? On the Manistee River Trail, it is free to camp, but on the Jordan River in the campground, you do have to pay, I believe it's only like five or seven dollars a night. So it's not, not expensive by any means. And both places, both trails are first come first serve. For someone like me who's so like type A and wants to know everything ahead of time, it's that's a challenge. Like, am I gonna I'm gonna go up and there's gonna be no one there or, or no spots available? <laughs> that has happened. The first time that we did the Jordan River pathway, we got a spot, but there was people that weren't didn't have a spot. They just there's um like a kind of common area in the middle of all the campgrounds. They just use that. Okay. And I, I'm assuming that they paid still, but I don't know if they did. I didn't ask them. So I don't know if you don't have a spot, maybe even get away without paying, but it's only five or $7. Yeah. Yeah. And so you said you, have you gone both ways? You said like clockwise or counterclockwise on? Yeah, I have done it both ways. And I think that I would consider them both like equally challenging the one side, which I think would be, cause it's kind of like ones on the West and ones on the East, the East side of the trail, you can go off to a fish hatchery. I think it's like three quarters of a mile to a mile. And it's really cool. We've walked down to it a couple of times, 
but the walk back up to the trail is very steep and very it's kind of strenuous it's on a road but if it's summertime it's hot and it's a pretty steep not highly trafficked road so you don't have to worry about a ton of cars but that's something to keep in mind if you did want to go the mile off trail to see the fist hatchery it's a heck of a climb back out you were mentioning uh, that there's a campground which probably has the wa has water do you have to get yeah. water elsewhere are there places that you would filter the river you come up to the river in quite a few spots and the river has the water tastes really good out of that river that's i, I don't there might there's a couple of creeks too that you could filter out of is this one you'd also you said it's buggy you said you have had issues with the mosquitoes and yeah there um one thing well I mean, people always think about mosquitoes, but the flies, oh, did, that's another Probably thing. Deer flies, but not yeah. as much as the black flies. Okay. So they're not like the biting. No. Well, the deer fly will bite, but yeah, yeah. not the black biting flies that you think is a house fly, but then it starts biting you. It's oh, like, and they're there. Yes. I've had that happen. I'm like, whoa, that's so, like, this bites hard. Yeah. They Can't bite you? very hard. Yeah. I noticed those worse on like Lake Superior. Those are horrible. And sometimes even like Michigan, especially the more north you go. But I haven't noticed the black flies as bad on the rivers. So that's kind of, but the deer fly are usually out pretty, pretty bad. So on the Jordan River, I had mosquitoes and deer flies. So I know with Manistee, there's like, there's probably like raccoons and different things, you know, to watch your watch out with with your food yeah. and stuff like that. But but on the Jordan River, are you you know, do you have to hang or there? I mean, are there any bear around? I never have because we've been in the campground and there probably is trees that would work for a bear hang. But being in the campground with more people, I we didn't worry about it and we just would put our food in our tent with us or the, like some people would have their cars, they would put their food in their car. I've never seen any bear on the Jordan River pathway. I'm definitely not guaranteeing because I never seen them, but I'm sure that they're up there, the black bear. So other people probably have seen them. I have seen beer on the Manistee River loop though. So that you definitely want to hang your food. You have? Yeah, I have. Really? On the Manistee River trail side, I did. That's so funny because I'm like, yeah, there's nothing around. Um, yeah but that's that's crazy yeah it's true um yep. so what else about jordan river um would you want to mention it's so beautiful there's some nice vistas that you get really good views which we don't have a lot of that in michigan so it's nice i've always say you have to walk to it to get to see it that the ups and downs it's it's a good workout it's a challenging hike that's something to keep in mind but i think that the manistee river loop is challenging as well some people don't think it's as challenging as i do but i i love the ups and downs i like the challenge so both of those are ones if you want to get a little bit of a workout in also to to do um i know we talked about like with the manistee you could do like one you could like set up and just do the Manistee River part and maybe have a sh like a two car where you're doing point to point. Yeah. Are there any, you said there's a dead man's hill like that some people t 
do some sort of day hiking on the Jordan River pathway, but yeah. are there any like shorter loops you could do or do you have to do the 18 or so miles? If you want to do the loop, I, you have to do the whole loop because I don't think there's anywhere elsewhere you could get around the river there. But if you only wanted to do part of it, you could stage a car again from one side to the other, which we were almost going to do that this summer because we had some friends who wanted to camp and hike, but not backpack. So I was going to, we were going to get dropped off at Dead Man's Hill and then have my husband pick us up at Piney Bridge and then the next day do the same thing. But, and I like camping at Piney Bridge, especially if we're doing the loop. But there's also a campground that's not far from there called Graves Crossing that is on the Jordan River. That's a really nice campground. So if you were like if there was more than two vehicles in your party and you wanted a stage, that would be a good option to camp at, too, because there's no dispersed camping in the Jordan River pathway area. And I'm not 100 percent sure why, but that is the rule. We're not always rule followers, but I like to try to follow the rules because I don't want my privileges taken away. <laughs> yes. Yeah, definitely. I understand you know, where you're going there. Outside. And I'm sure the rules there for a reason, whether it's, you know, preserving the nature or whatever the reason they, there's a reason behind it. I just don't know what it is. <laughs> well, we're going to keep going North and, um, and to the very now west part of Michigan, we're gonna to go to the Escarpment Trail and the Porkies. So tell me, and another one where I'm like, how come I've never been to the Porcupine Mountains? Probably because it's like eight hours. Yeah, it's far away. I can go ride. to Shenandoah National Park. I remember I was looking this up. I can go there in the same amount of time to go to yeah, Porcupine I Mountains. believe that because I think when we started the Appalachian Trail in 2018, it took us 12 hours to get to Georgia, the north of Georgia. Yeah. And it takes us like eight, nine, like you said, to get up to the Porcupine Mountains. It's like, geez, but I love the Porcupine Mountains. They're beautiful. We've been there three different times. And every time we hike the Escarpment Trail, it's so gorgeous. I think it, you probably get the best views on that trail than probably any of the other trails. Possibly the um, top where you climb a, they call them mountains, but where you climb a tall mountain on the big carp, you might have a little bit better view, but otherwise the escarpment trails where you're gonna get all your views. You can sometimes even get cell service when you're up there in certain spots, cause it's, I'm assuming high up. So you get it probably coming from Canada too. How? How long is the, that trail? I can't remember. And I just gave my map away to someone who's planning a Thank trip you. there. Yeah. I'm going to look it up here. Escarpment trail. It's probably like five, maybe four or five. Uh, yeah, four. There's like four miles. It says uh, it combines a high rocky bluff and alpine life vistas. Yep. And it is semi-challenging. There's once you're up, you're up for the most part. But if you don't like being like kind of it's some of the trails a little bit close to the edge, in my opinion. And some people don't like that. <laughs> one one year we were hiking it and it was so windy, I thought we were gonna fly off because <laughs> the, the dog was like, Why are you making me do this? <laughs> what time of year do you recommend going to the 
to the Porkies? We like to go in September. One reason we like to travel in September is because there's a few less people out. School started. People are kind of back to their routines. And we also like to go in September because the black flies that we were talking about earlier. They can be very bad. Not so much on the escarpment trail. I didn't have a problem with them. But on the Lake Superior Trail, you will definitely. We've even ran into problems with them in September when it was warm. And for us, we can put our bug spray on. With the dog, they, yeah, we've had to stop, set the tent up and let the dog go in the tent for some relief at times. It's like they want to get him bad. And sometimes we'll spray him, but I'd rather not spray him as much. But we use Ben's 100% DEET. Some people are against DEET. It works for us. Yeah, I, it's kind of with uh, the tick situation too in Michigan. Yeah. I mean, I put on, I'm trying to think if I maybe didn't use the one with DEET when I went up, I went to Hartwick Pines and when I came home, um, and I just, you know, I wasn't in the, I was on a pretty wide trail. Like I wasn't going through, but there was some like, you know, it was a little bit overgrown in sections, but you know, I wasn't like trampling through the brush and through the woods, but I came home, you know, take my stock off and there is a tick trying to attach to me. Yeah, <laughs> I know. And of course, you know, those just make me freak out in general. Yeah, They do most people. <laughs> yes. Um, but I was thinking about that and your dog, like, do you have a lot of issues with, with ticks with your, with we your do dog? check for ticks for him. And in the past is cause he's on some pretty good, um, flea and tick medication and we on purpose kind of got what our vet considered the best stuff. So we're outside all the time. We need this to work. And in the past, we would only find dead ticks on them. But the past few years, I don't know if they are a little bit more immune to it. We will find them on him. He is vaccinated for Lyme disease. So I'm not so concerned about him getting Lyme disease, but we still don't want ticks, you know, sucking on his blood. So we'll, when we're out and about like that, we always check him and pull them all off if we find them. And we check ourselves as well. Yeah, they're pretty sneaky. They are, yeah. And you can't feel them. You no. See them. I was like, how I, mean, I can feel them on the dog, but on our ourselves, that's hard to, they'll be crawling on you. You don't even oh. know it. It's like, oh, gross. Yeah. I know. So everyone listening is probably like, ah. <laughs> feeling things crawling. That's another thing that helps me having my husband as a partner hiking because we can definitely (laughs) check for ticks for each other. Maybe, yes. You're my my tick checker. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, Porcupine Mountain is a great place. Um, You know, I've I've talked a a bit about the Porkies or I've had guests on who have mentioned, you know, it, it does take some planning. You know, it's not a place to just go up there again, because it's so, you know, it is a ways up, you know, wherever you're coming from, whether you're coming from the Wisconsin side or, you know, in Michigan, but, you know, to consider there's a trip planner to go, you know, you talked about the map. Um, You do have to have a permit. um, You do. Yes. Backpacking. And And the policies there have changed also because in we didn't go, we planned on going this spring and we didn't realize that things had changed because we did kind of always in the past, we didn't 
go up and wing it by any means because you're right it does need planning so i would make a hiking itinerary sometimes even two or three and then in the past all you would have to do is go into the visitor center and pay for your backcountry permit however many nights you're going you carry your permit and then it's first it was first come first serve at the campsites and they did um want you to camp at campsites like on the manistee river loop or river manistee river trail side but if they were full for whatever reason you could disperse also but because of the pandemic last year and the big influx of people going out in the park they had a lot more rescues a lot more people and that's a lot of people going in the bathroom outside and stuff so they changed the policy to now you have to reserve the backcountry campsites ahead of time well you wouldn't necessarily have to do it ahead of time, but I would recommend it because chances are, if you just try to go and reserve them, you won't get something that might, it might not be accommodating. You might have to do 17 miles to get to a campsite or something, you know? So if you could plan it ahead, they would definitely recommend that. And you still have to go into the visitor center and check in, get your backcountry permit. And then, you know, one good thing, I guess, like the ranger had said when we had tried to go earlier in the spring is, that way you're guaranteed a campsite at least. So instead we were planning on going, we couldn't. The North Country Trail was about 10 miles, probably a little bit east and south of the park. So we just ended up doing that instead. So there is an option if you, for whatever reason, get up there and can't go, but it's not the same experience. Yeah, so again, read up on you know, the official site and. Yeah, and the map, because even though we didn't hike this time this year, and we were so excited, it was gonna be our fourth time hiking the park, but we, I still got the, it's like a newsletter that they put out every year. And that has a very good detailed map with mileage and the campsites number, they have a, like a letter and a number, like the, for the escarpment trail, I think there's only one, maybe two camp spots on that trail. So it would probably be E1, E2. I think there's only one, but there might be two. And so the same with the other trails, like the big carp is BC1 through, they probably have like seven on there. So it's not hard to get on and reserve your spots if you have the map. So that map could be easily requested from the state park. You could call in January they might not print it in January, but they probably do. So you could call at the beginning of the year and ask them to mail it to you to help with planning your trip. Oh, that's a really good tip because I, I do think, I do think the one person I talked to about her trip, um, she had to reserve her sites before she looked at the map. It was kind of yeah. backwards and she made it work because she's a very, you know, experienced, you know, hiker hikes all the time every weekend, but that may not be for, for someone who may not be in that situation or, you know, you, you don't want to put yourself, you know, up against having to do long miles if you're just exactly. not ready for it. Or like you said, there, there are some very challenging parts to the Porkies that maybe people think of Michigan as, you know, the flatland state, but it's, but there's still some challenge yep. there. Yeah, it is. A, it's a challenging park to hike. Some of it's just because it's just like up, right? Like there's no switchbacks on some of the trails and things like that. Right. Is what I yeah. gathered. 
there's a lot of old growth and parts of it too. That's really neat. Cause we don't get to see that a lot anymore. You know, I know so hiking up there, it's really, it's really pretty. We haven't done every trail in the Porkies, but we've done almost every trail in the Porcupine mountains and the escarpment is probably the favorite. Do you know the mushroom, the um, chicken of the woods? It's a big, beautiful mushroom that kind of grows off of trees or stumps. And in, in that old growth area, we've seen the biggest one I've ever seen. <laughs> so that, that was a sight to see. We've seen a big one the other day here in Nuevo County too. And they are edible. Okay, so what is it called? Chicken of the woods. Chicken of the woods. Uh like chicken of the I think that's what people call it. It's our it that might not be the technical term because you know how everyone has so many names for everything. Yes. So I'm gonna look up and chicken of, of chicken of the woods or... mushroom. Let me see what it looks like. Oh, okay. So it it looks like um I don't even know how to describe it. I'm gonna I've put it. I'll put some um some links to pictures in the notes, but it, yeah, it's really cool. So, uh, many of those really, really like bigger than I've ever seen in that old growth area. In the old growth in the Porkies, we would always get to from the escarpment trail. We'd hike the escarpment from the Lake of the Clouds to the east, and then it heads south a bit, and that's where all the old growth is. It's so beautiful. And the Government Peak Trail has a decent amount of old growth too. Well, that's good because I, I know people really like experiencing that part of Michigan. And like you said, there's not tons of that left. No. And I also have noticed that that is the less traveled area of the park as well. So like you're not going to be able to go to the Porkies probably any time of year and not see somebody. But if you want to see less people, stick to that side of the park is a good, good idea. We've went, I think, camped on the escarpment trail, but right where it almost meets the government peak trail, there's a creek there. And we didn't see anybody after we set our camp up. And then I've hiked the government peak trail where we didn't see anybody the whole time too. So that was kind of neat. Well, the government peak trail is one of the harder trails, right? It's pretty difficult. There's quite a few ups and downs on it. Yeah. And one year we went, I think it was the second year. I can't remember what years they were, but it was the second time that we had went. Maybe it was the first time. Either way, we'd hiked the government peak trail. There had been a huge storm through there earlier in the spring and summer. And so many trees were down on the government peak trail. After we made it off the government peak trail, I think it comes out near Mirror Lake. We were like, why isn't that trail closed? <laughs> we had to climb over so many trees and stuff. But that was part of the reason probably why we didn't see anybody too. Well, it's funny, Chris, who I'd interviewed was talking about, I think that there was a lot of down trees she found in the Porkies, I think more than what she's used to. Yeah. Yep. That, that year we especially, and we knew that a storm had went through a really, really bad one. Tons of the bridge. They don't have a lot of bridges in the Porcupine Mountains, but the few bridges that were there, a couple of them were gone because of the storm. And I don't think they had any intention of replacing them either because it would probably happen again. So plan on fording through water if you go through the, to the Porkies too, because they don't have bridges. <laughs> so you might want to consider the time of year, how much rainfall you're getting. Like there's just yeah. so many things to think about, but you also get to be by the beautiful Lake Superior. 
Yes. The Lake Superior Trail is so beautiful. And there's so many campsites on that trail too. So you also, um, let's see, we've done the top three or three. Um, you did <laughs> mention a couple others. I want to touch on those two briefly. Um, well, one is Isle Royale. Um, Isle Royale. You've, uh, so tell me, I mean, that's another one I've had people talk to me about and it's on my list, but it also seems like when there's some, a lot of planning to, to go into there, visiting there. So there tell, me, tell me a bit about your experience with the national park. When I went to Isle Royale, it was the fall of 2019. We went up to Copper Harbor and took the Queen Ferry, which is the smallest out of any ferry that you can take to the island. Mm -hmm. I think it took like three and a half, four hours to get there. It's pretty choppy. So if you don't have sea legs, you might want to take the med. There's some medicine that you can take. I didn't need it, but my husband and a friend of ours went with us. They both took it and it helped. And also if you do get seasick, a good tip is to sit out on deck in the open air, not in the cab because it gets really stuffy and it's just better to be out with the fresh air. And we got there, it was so beautiful. I was so impressed by just even going into Rock Harbor, how awesome it was. But I think you could pay per night like you can at other parks, but my friend just got the $80 National Park Pass and that included our whole week stay. So that was nice. So he, I mean, we, he drove, so we paid for his ferry ticket and then he paid for that. So that was $80. I think the ferry ride that we took for three of us was roughly 350, 400. So about a hundred something each. So that's for both ways or one way? Yeah, it's for both ways. It's for round trip. And it, the one that we took, we came in from Copper Harbor to Rock Harbor on the island, and then it goes out the same. So you have to get on the same ferry in Rock Harbor and it takes you back to Copper Harbor which I don't think as many people use that option because Copper Harbor's a little bit north of Houghton still if you want. And also if you get seasick, the ranger leaving out of Houghton is much, much larger and probably not as rocky of a ride. Okay. And then of course the seaplane is always an option too. And I'm pretty sure there's a ferry that goes out of um, maybe Grand Marais in Minnesota, I think. Yeah, but yeah. Which, it, which I think is closer. <laughs> Yeah, it's a shorter yeah. ride. It's a, a shorter much ride. shorter ride. I yeah. think it might cost the same, but I'm not 100% sure on that because we didn't go that route. But I would kind of almost like to do that if we go to the island again for kind of the road trip part of it to get to Minnesota. And then the shorter ride would be nice. Not yeah. so much for me, but for my husband. And we didn't get to explore that side of the park, even though we had five days. Um, my husband and I probably could have made it a little bit further to the like when 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 Dego side but our friend wasn't quite as experienced of a backpacker as us so we stuck mostly to from Rock Harbor we didn't go probably about to the midway point of the island okay. first we went to three mile campground so our first day was short and I was nervous about that because I thought everyone who got off of our ferry would head that way but they didn't, they all headed to another, like north of the, so one campground that I thought I wanted to go to, cause I didn't think anyone else would, Everyone. that's what they did. <laughs> so we barely had anyone at three mile with us. The next day 
we didn't hike, we probably hiked like eight or 10 miles, I think, but I can't remember our exact itinerary, but it was still on the like south side of the island. And then the third day we went up to McCargo Cove. That was a pretty popular spot because a ferry will go there and not only drop people off or pick people up, but they'll drop packages off. So if you say didn't want to carry all your food and were wanted, they would drop stuff off there. And that camp, I think most of the camp spots and they want, I heard that you could do dispersed camping with a special permit, but we didn't have that permit. So we had to go to the campground spots. And I think most of them have shelters. We carry a tent, so we weren't worried about a shelter, uh-huh. but I'm pretty sure probably, probably at least 75% of the campgrounds will have shelters in them. Yeah. I don't know. I'm also would be a tent. Yeah. I the prefer tent. the tent. Yeah. Yeah. It's like <laughs> shelters. So I, I don't as much. <laughs> Um, I don't want a mouse crawling on me when I'm yeah, sleeping. That's all I hear about. Yeah, the mice. Yeah. You're like, oh, too close to people. I want my little, I want my little, my globe or whatever. My yeah, that's hey. what we like to do. And we all we did that on the Appalachian Trail too. We just we never stayed in a shelter. You just wait. All you have to do is wait until every you know. Oh, it's too late. I gotta set up my tent like in the Smokies. That's what I heard. Yep. What you do? Yep. And when we went through the Smokies, it there was it was packed, yeah. so we didn't even have a problem with the shelter being full. Yeah. And we went as fast as we could through there because our dog was being boarded at a hostel on the north side. And I, that was one thing about Isle Royale as well: no dogs allowed. Okay. okay. Most I'll... of our national parks, dogs aren't allowed in the backcountry. Shenandoah National Park is an exception. Really? You can bring. Yep. Um, they want your dog on a leash because. And most people definitely like your dogs to be unleashed, especially a lot of people are nervous of dogs, but my dog is very well behaved and will come on command. So when we're hiking, sometimes we let him off leash. And then if somebody comes, we might ask, are you okay with dogs? Or we just go ahead and leash them because mm-hmm. we don't want to make anyone nervous. And I totally, even though he's very friendly, people don't know that you see my dog's a German shepherd husky mix. Oh, so, so beautiful. He, but he that's is gorgeous. Yes, but he could seem a touch intimidating if you don't yes. know him. Yeah. So I I understand the leash law mm-hmm. in in Shenandoah. Even though sometimes I'll let my dog off leash, I did not in Shenandoah National Park because I again want my dog to be able to go there. Yes. So I'm not going to break that rule. And I heard most of it is not necessarily about the other hikers as much as like the wildlife mm-hmm. and the risk of you yep. know to your dog. Yep. And in the Smokies, I was a little bit disappointed because I mean, there's horses going through there. There's horse manure. There was a lot of toilet paper that was not buried. So I was like, this isn't fair. My dog is more responsible than some of these people, but mm-hmm. it's the rule and it wasn't that big of a deal. But in Isle Royal, I totally understand. I had no problem with it. I'm, I probably won't go back until we don't have the dog, but it was worth it going and having, and if anyone is going and they're coming from the Michigan way or going up to the Keweenaw Peninsula to get there, that's where I had the dog boarded. It's just a little bit, I can't remember the lady's name, but if you looked it up, her name would come up with like two or three others. So there is options to have your dog there close where as soon as we got, 
off the island, we could go get them. But we got stuck on the island an extra day. Why did you get stuck? What happened? Weather, the weather, everybody got stuck. Okay. So so we left Copper Harbor on Sunday and then we did our hiking for the week. We knew it was going to rain on Thursday night and we were supposed to leave Friday. So we did actually stay in a shelter at Rock Harbor that last night, but we put our tents up in the shelter. (laughs) So we don't have to worry about the mice mm. and they fit. The shelter was big enough for our two person tent and our friend's two person tent. <laughs> <laughs> but it was kind of like a big party at Rock Harbor because everybody got stuck there. Seaplanes and all the ferries alike because the water was too choppy. So a lot of people got an extra hike to go to like the point that we wouldn't have got otherwise. And we ate good food, drink, they sell beer there. So we had beer and they had a little restaurant. We were there at the end of the season too. Is there cell service at all over there? We had cell service one time. There's a fire tower on Greenstone Ridge. It's closer. I think there's two fire towers on Greenstone Ridge, but it's the one closer to Rock Harbor. When we were up there, we had cell service and I think it was coming from Canada. Because we there was a spot where we could see Canada too. It was pretty neat. You could look over and see there's a church and a couple other buildings. Oh, you don't really get to see Canada too much over Lake Superior unless you're in Sault Ste. Marie. Yes, that's true. That's true. Um, so yeah. So the other thing I think you can't have fires. Is that true? Or can you have fire? I don't think that you can I don't remember we never had one so I'm guessing that you can't because we usually if it's allowed we'll typically have a fire did you see any moose we didn't get to see any moose we didn't see any wolves or hear any but we've seen fox there's very friendly fox on the island I'm kind of a birder and I've seen some birds that I hadn't seen before so that was neat And then once I seen them and identified them, I have seen them now here in the lower peninsula as well. I just didn't know what they were before. A couple of rangers would like keep the um, gray jays for one. It's like they like to sneak things, keep your food on the table. Uh, I know there was one that uh, Jen told me about. uh, Her and her girlfriends had gone and it was like, watch out for this hawk because basically it's it's going to swoop down and come at you. Like you you carry your, carry your, your pack on top of your head. Cause, cause there's a nest. I heard about that one this year. We didn't get to see one of those, but I seen that on like Instagram or something that it was attacking hikers and stuff. Those mama birds. (laughs) Yes. Don't get in the way of, of a mama anything. That's (laughs) what you need to remember. Exactly. So last but not least, you had talked about, I think, more close to home, right? Nuego County. Yeah, the North Country Trail. I don't know exactly how many miles we have that run through Nuego, but we have such a beautiful section here because it's all the Manistee National Forest, which is just amazingly beautiful. So it does start before Croton Dam, if you're familiar with Nuego or even the Muskegon River at all. But it's all road walking south of Croton Dam in Nuevo County. I think for quite a ways until you get to like the Rogue River area. So my recommendation would be to start anywhere from Croton Dam and all the way up 
really from Croton Dam to Holden Pile Dam, if you wanted to do a nice long hike, I think that's like, oh, I can't remember now. I think like 120 miles though. Whoa. If you wanted to do a week or two weeks or a little bit, however long it would take. My husband and I have done that before, but we've also, we live probably 20 trail miles north of Croton Dam and we've bailed and just walked home a okay. couple of times. But the, the North Country Trail right here is just so beautiful. Last summer, my dog and I hiked from Mackinac Bridge to Croton Dam, and that was roughly 400 miles. Wow. wow. Yeah, it, it was really fun. And I had never done, I mean, I did the Jordan River Pathway and the Fife Lake Loop, which doesn't even go to Fife Lake, so I'm not really sure why they call that, but I hadn't done north of that at all. So it was really neat to do all that or there's some in-betweens that I hadn't done in the past so now I want to finish from Croton Dam down to Ohio and then have all of lower Michigan North Country Trail miles done but I don't know when that will happen so for people that aren't so familiar with the North Country Trail and some of the sections that you were talking about what is like describe it it's the longest national scenic trail that we have here in the United States. It is like 4,300 or maybe even 4,600 miles. It runs from North Dakota to New York, but they're connecting it from New York into Vermont so that it connects up with the Appalachian Trail. And that, that might even probably be in the process right now. And Michigan is the, has the most miles out of all the states. So we're pretty fortunate there. And then here, what I did last year, the 400 from Mackinac Bridge to Croton Dam, very well maintained. There was a few spots that were tiny bit iffy, but otherwise it was beautifully maintained. I've heard in the Upper Peninsula that it's not as well maintained because of lack of volunteers. So it's probably more difficult, maybe even to stay on trail in some spots. I haven't done it in the upper peninsula except for near the porcupine mountains and in the porcupine mountains so that 400 mile section did you have how did you kind of decide on the camp what was the camp being like for the most part i dispersed camp but there was a few you would walk through some campgrounds so the first you kind of walk well you do walk through wilderness state park which is up almost to the bridge in mackinac and I don't know if dispersed camping's allowed in there or not. So there you would probably have to camp in the campground, but I had camped prior to it and after it. So I didn't need to worry about that, but that would be something you'd want to check. Cause I don't know the answer to that one. But then the next I dispersed camped until Petoskey, you walk right through the town of Petoskey on the bear river and along Lake Mich or the bay there. And I camped at the state park, which was really nice. And that, that was when you could resupply yourself there because there's a grocery store and stuff. But I had my aunt and grandmother came and brought me some food to the campground and had lunch with me and stuff. So that was nice. And then there's showers there too. So I could shower, stayed there two nights. And then I think just for, oh, there's a cabin too, just south of Petoskey that is on its private property. They call that part of the trail Skyline Dry or Skyline Trail. Mm -hmm. It's very, very pretty. It's kind of up there, not a tons of up and downs. You get up and you kind of stay up and there was a cabin. I wasn't going to stay in the cabin when I got there. I noticed the door was locked and I needed water because it was, I hiked it last July. So it was pretty hot. 
the spring is really far from the cabin and it's a very, very steep hill getting back up. But I had done that and I didn't want to hike down there again. So I was like really loaded up with water. And when I came up, the lady who owned the property there happened to be hiking. So she gave me the code to the cabin, which is an awesome cabin that some Boy Scouts build. And there's, I think like six bunks, maybe even seven bunks in it. And then a little space where you can sit. She had a cart table and there was a jug of water in there also that one of her neighbors had brought. But since she gave me the code, I stayed in it. I had my stuff all laid out on one of the bunks and I seen a mouse run right by my stuff. So I put the tent up in the cabin. (laughs) Yeah. Normally she, like if someone else was hiking and wanted to stay there, she Uh would let them. But last year because of pandemic, she told me, and it was going to rain anyway. So probably no one was going to go by, but she said, if anyone calls, I'm going to tell them that the cabin already has someone in it because we're supposed to be socially distancing. And so I didn't even have to worry about anyone coming in. But that section of the trail, if you don't want to stay in the cabin, but like you're ready to camp, they ask you to camp there at the cabin. You can set your tent up, but right there because it's their private property that they have an, the trail is an easement. Okay. through. So is this something like, is it like trail magic? Are they like, is it kind of more of a hostel where it's like they charge you or you kind of make donations? What's that? like it's just trail magic totally free of charge that's yeah it's a neat little cabin too with a nice porch so that was awesome i'm gonna have to write once you get down yeah it's really neat skyline trail i'm pretty sure is the section and it's just south of petoskey another really awesome spot up there is petoskey has the college Mm -hmm. and there's like a little nature center that the north country trail goes through it's beautiful and the bear river i think is the river that goes through petoskey it's just so gorgeous and i was getting a little bit frustrated walking through petoskey because it was july and last year a lot of people were out because they couldn't do anything else so it was just people everywhere as i'm walking through and it's hot and and you're loaded down once or twice. <laughs> i'm like oh but it once you get out of like into the industrial area of town and are on the river all that goes away and mm-hmm. it's just awesome then there's a couple other campgrounds that you walk through as you keep coming south probably at least a half a dozen or more campgrounds that you walk either very close to or right through so if you don't like this first camping you do have options for that 400 mile section did you, what was the percentage of road walking that you would say you had to do? Probably only like 25%, I think. Okay. But then if I wanted, like I was saying, I'd like to continue and finish the lower Michigan miles from Croton Dam where I stopped to Ohio. It's more like probably 60% road walk. Mm. And that's one reason why I didn't finish it last year, because when my dog and I got done in July, it was August. And I said, it's too hot for us to walk yeah. on the roads. Pavement. And, His yeah, paws on the. Oh. Exactly. Yeah. Him yeah. and I both get a little bit cranky when he's on leash. So mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a, just a different time. Yeah, But I really would look forward to doing that because I think, I can't remember how many miles I had left for Lower Michigan, but I estimated it would take me 14 days hiking with no zero days. And if I would have, excuse me, done it last year, I probably would have maybe done it straight through or 
if I couldn't talk my husband into doing it, which last year I couldn't, but he, I would maybe have him come stay with me somewhere. There would have been more motel stays in the Southern part then. And I did have the option to stay at motels in Petoskey and Kalkaska, but other, I didn't stay in them, but I would have had the option if I wanted to. So that's always kind of nice to know. And how long did it take you again to do that section? It took us 28 days. 28 days. Okay. So like a good month. So if you had a a month that you were able to, you know, like some people get four weeks vacation or they're able to, you know, have summers off. And if you, if someone wanted to do it, because I did meet a few people who were doing it section at a time. One guy I met, he said he had done all of the North Country Trail. I think he said from Battle Creek to, I had met him up um, almost by Mackinac Bridge, but then he added, he didn't do any of the roadwalk. And that's fine. I understand why people don't like to. I know I wouldn't, I don't think I would like to, even with the part, I gotta say, even there was a tiny bit of roadwalk on that hike when we first started chatting before, I think I before we officially started recording where I was talking about doing uh, the white cloud area, the, yeah, the bird drove. there was still like a tiny road section. I was like, Oh man, see, it feels so long. Then it gets to a dirt. I love the, so bad. Yeah. That's what I like. The road walks better if it's a dirt road. Yes. Or look, thankfully most of the road walks for the Northern Michigan North country trail, it's still, even if it's a paved road, it's pretty back country dirt or paved roads so it wasn't so busy that I just was like oh I hate this it Mm. wasn't that bad so I know that there's some people who I mean obviously have done the whole NCT um, or else they're trying to or they're doing it state by state or like you said sections Uh, have you done you know you're talking about trail magic going back to New Hampshire have you done any trail magic yourself or North I have tried to do trail magic on the North country trail and nobody wanted anything. We I've done it twice so far this year. The first time was kind of early in the season. We, it was near where you had hiked. It was close to Loda Lake. There's a, um, what it's not an official trailhead on six mile, but we considered a trailhead and we were just right on the trail, basically on it off of a two track. And we were cooking hot dogs, had sodas, some beers, all kinds of snacks. And our friends just come and hung out with us and ate hot dogs with us. No one, we seen, I think maybe like a half a dozen hikers and bikers okay. and they don't want anything. Wow. No. And then I've also put a cooler out, kind of the same location. I just put a cooler, I tied it to the tree and it had sodas and candy bars and string cheese. And when I went back in the evening, no one had taken any and possibly no one had walked by it. I don't know. So I I'm trying to do it, but (laughs) I haven't been so successful yet, but we're so close to the trail. We've always thought if uh, we needed to take a hiker in, especially if someone was doing a long haul, if they need to come to my house, take a shower. I love talking, hiking, you know, so hanging out with anyone in the hiking community is so much fun. It's not a well or highly traveled from a through hiker perspective no trail no and then even when we see people out backpacking we're like hey do you need anything we all that's always what we ask and pretty much everyone's like no last year I did do some trail magic for a younger couple 
I was doing trail maintenance and I had never done that before. If you have never done it and have wanted to, it's really rewarding. It's hard work, but it's very rewarding. So I was doing trail maintenance on a reroute that is here in Nuego County, real close to my house. And these two young kids were walking by and because it was a reroute, their map wasn't correct. So they were all nervous to like, oh, my map says I'm not supposed to go here. So when you get to the river, your map will be accurate, keep going. And I gave them my phone number and said, if you need anything, I'll bring it to you. And they, I brought them some beers and some, I think extra food I let them have, a few other things. So that was fun. Well, I think uh, you just need to connect with the local chapters. Let them know you're you're around because when they yeah. that's what they're going to do is contact that when at least that's what I've learned is probably one of the best practices. I think if you are a through hiker is to whatever trail you're doing, connect with those local trail maintenance type chapters, and usually they know yeah. they know who to go to. Right. Wow, we've covered a lot of a lot of trail. I mean, there's yeah. so much more we could talk about, but but I think you've given me a lot of great, great info of places I want to put on my list now. There's so much that we're very fortunate in Michigan for all the awesome hiking that we have available. We are for sure. So how can people follow you and your your adventures? Um, I have an Instagram page. It's kind of more the dogs, but it's our family page, but it's his name, Dante Dirt Stash. <laughs> but that's where we're at. Other social media we're not on. And okay. main, I, I really like Instagram, but I got on it to reconnect with AT hikers that we met. And it's really worked. And then also like following the people doing the North Country Trail and stuff. It's so interesting to watch other people's adventures. Yes. Yes. Well, Thank you, Misty. Thanks for coming on and we'll have yeah, to connect you. and go on a hike out there. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Show me around. Show me some of the cool will, spots. Yeah. And please remember to give your independent podcasters some love and support. You can do that by sharing this episode with friends and family, by leaving a five-star rating and review, or by donating what you can. Patrons receive a weekly post-episode release audio blog from me as well as other exclusives. All that info is in the show notes. And also ways that you can just do a one-time donation just to help keep things going. Thanks again, Misty, for sharing all of your hikes and adventures with me and giving us some ideas for where to put on our list to go to next. I have my eye on the Jordan River pathway. And so I'm excited to maybe hit that up right now in the beautiful fall season. Check the show notes for links to all of these hikes, information how you can plan, prepare, all of the good stuff, and then also how to connect with Misty. And then of course, connect with me. You can reach me at the Hike Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and email me hikepodcast at gmail.com and Remember to support your independent podcasters. You can do that by sharing this episode with a friend or a family member, by leaving a five-star rating and review, or also donating what you can. For monthly patrons, you'll receive exclusive benefits, such as weekly audio recordings, exclusive merchandise. But you don't have to become a monthly patron to lend support. You can also make a one-time donation. All that info 
is available via the show notes. So until next time, see you on the trail. <laughs>